United States Institute of Peace, along with Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124, now present their weekly podcast. Last night, in addition to a lot of domestic policy, did touch on foreign policy, and specifically we wanted to get into one area, and that has to do with the situation in Iran. As we strengthen friendships all around the world, we are also restoring clarity about our adversaries. When the people of Iran rose up against the crimes of their corrupt dictatorship, I did not stay silent. America stands with the people of Iran in their courageous struggle for freedom. That was in the State of the Union address last night. Let's bring into the conversation Dr. Maria J. Stefan, who directs the program on nonviolent action at the U.S. Institute of Peace. The Twitter handle is at Maria J. Stefan. Dr. Stefan, thank you for joining us on POTUS today. Good morning, Tim. Thanks for having me. The message the president delivered last night, obviously not a lot of detail, but it was it on the right track or not? Yeah, I think it's uh, important to note what is ha- what has been happening in Iran. Um, the wave of protests that began in December, certainly they've been spread out across the country. It's clear that people are frustrated with the status quo, uh, with the economy, with the political situation. Um, and so it's been uh, an interesting wave of protest uh, strikes, demonstrations and the like. So um, I think expressions of solidarity for the nonviolent protesters um, in, in Iran is a uh, is um, is a good idea in general, but it's important to point out that the future of uh, Iran and the Iranian people is ultimately in the ha- in the hands of Iranians themselves. How much of the uh, the unrest in Iran might be touched or traced directly or indirectly to the United States policy? I think there is. Uh, I mean, there's there's the issue of the sanctions that were imposed um, or that were lifted in 2015 um, after being imposed for years over Iran's nuclear program. And I think the lifting, uh, the partial lifting of the sanctions, did create expectations in the country that there would be significant uh, economic changes uh, that young people, especially young Iranians who've uh, received educations, are not still not able to find jobs, and there's massive unemployment. So I think that certainly um, contributed to. It. But I would also say that the protests were uh, definitely homegrown phenomenon. There's little or no evidence of external meddling or certainly fueling of the protests by direct support of, of that of that sort. So I think it's a combination of uh, just profound frustration uh, with uh, the lack of opportunity while seeing others around the world being able to, you know, um, have, uh, you know, jobs, political futures and the like. So a lot of frustration. And we're just seeing, uh, you know, the spread of protests in very different parts of the country, unlike what we've seen since uh, 2009, when there was the Green Revolution over the, the rigged elections. Once again, Dr. Maria Stefan with us directs the program on nonviolent action at the U.S. Institute of Peace, specifically on what is motivating these people to protest Is there a a discontent being expressed with the religious leadership as well? In other words, is there a movement toward a more secular approach to government, or is that a tangential issue to the economy? I think the initially the, the demands of the protesters were quite mixed. Um, some of the protests were coming from supporters of the hardline clerics, 
so they were actually being critical of uh, President Rouhani's uh, approach and economic liberalization, um, moderate uh, political stance. So there were definitely protests in support um, of the clerical establishment, but other protests have very clearly been against uh, 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 Ayatollah Khamenei and the clerical regime, the theocracy. So, and I think we've been seeing since the, the protest wave that began in late December, um, within the past few days, actually, uh, a number of Iranian women have uh, taken off their headscarves um, and put them on sticks as a sign of defiance um, in different parts of Tehran. There have been a few arrests. So definitely the message there is, you know, um, we don't want our lives, our clothing, our bodies uh, to be controlled or dictated by the government. So there are different messages, a lot of discontent directed at different parts of the status quo in Iran. The piece that you had written fairly recently uh, notes it is unclear what will come of the current uprising in Iran, but the scope and intensity of the protests suggest that the legitimacy of the Iranian regime may be eroding. What signs indicate that and what are you watching for in that continued erosion if it is underway? Sure. Well, I think what was interesting about this round of protests is the fact that they were so geographically dispersed. And, you know, they began in in the city of of, um, Mashhad, um, which has traditionally been a base of support for the government. So we're seeing um, people uh, getting involved in dissent and opposition activities in places where there's typically been a lot of support for the government. So the geographic spread has certainly been interesting. And also, we're seeing a lot of participation by um, poorer elements of Iranian society, um, working class, young people. So it's not just, you know, uh, urban elites in, a, in Tehran, for example. So that's a very interesting, I think, facet. The numbers, the number of people participating in the protests is obviously much lower than what we saw in 2009. But I think you will know that, um, that things are changing as we continue to see, if we continue to see increased size and participation in the protests, if we start to see signs of defections in key pillars of the government's um, base of support, whether it's in the police, whether it's in the Basij, which is uh, the paramilitary groups, whether it's in the business class, um, even in the clerical establishment. So as you start to see some defections, um, which can be just disobeying orders or doing what you're not expected to do, I think that will be a sign uh, that things are changing. Final question, uh, is the rhetorical support that the president delivered last night and speeches like that, is that sufficient? Is that something that needs to be supplemented by more concrete action? What's your thought on that? Uh, Statements in in support of nonviolent activists can be uh, helpful, depending on the context. Uh, I think what is particularly helpful coming from the outside is just um, the ability to help the nonviolent activists communicate with each other. So helping them evade cyber suppression um, and and surveillance tools so that they can communicate effectively, helping uh, transmit and disseminate Farsi language materials on strategic nonviolent action and civil resistance, uh, just to get these materials into as many hands as possible, um, and being able to uh, support with the organizing to the extent possible. But again, bottom line, uh, the future of the country and uh, the future of the political state in the country will be determined by Iranians inside Iran. It is a story that we need to continue to watch, and we're glad we could do it with you. Uh, Dr. Maria Stefan, thank you for joining us on POTUS today.
Thanks very much, Tim. Dr. Maria Stefan directs the program on nonviolent action at the U.S. Institute of Peace. Her recent piece, Why Nonviolent Protest is the Best Hope for Iran, something we wanted to call your attention to. The president had made mention of it in the State of the Union address, thought it was worth bringing up, and we're glad she could join us. Her Twitter handle, by the way, is at Maria J. Stefan, S-T-E-P-H-A-N. This podcast has been brought to you by the United States Institute of Peace and Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124.